All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my kinky torn torn. Storm, mistress of the elements, commands you to release that child. Unidentified mutants. Ignore. Psychops! I know how you feel about it, Wolverine, but... You know nothing, little man. I hate ducks. I keep my baseball cards in my book. Let go my fruit! Hey, it's one of those mutants! You bleach for the future like a herd of shit. You don't kick a man when he's down, hairbag. Who told you my name? Wolverine! Felt him. Such pain. Man been a pain to the get-go, Chef. You gotta blast us both. It's the only way to get more. <laughs> nice shot. Gene tells me you acquitted yourself well as field commander. The entire team nearly perished. The kinky torn torn. This may smell that good. I want it. I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. This kid's crying. Do something. Hey, y'all. It's the Kinky Tauntaun, episode 11. This is Boo Cha Cha. This is Jeff. Hey, Jeff. If you were an X-Man, would you be Brolossus? Perhaps you would be Broverine? Maybe you would even be Professor X? Or or a Bernie bro. That would be like uh, Pyro. Did you say Bernie, bro? Yes. Uh, <laughs> man. Uh, I wonder how that meeting with uh, he and, Kil- and Hillary Clinton went today, huh? Oh, really? I didn't know about that. They, they were having out. some sort of like clandestine meeting. I wonder what, you know, I wonder what the outcome of that's going to be. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're not here to talk about fucking politics, Jeffrey. <laughs> we're here to talk about X-Men because we said on the last episode we were going to revisit this topic and we were going to uh, we were going to put on the executive producer cap and we were going to try to fix the X-Men. Now, I think the very day we recorded episode 10, it might have been the day after, news broke that Mr. one Mr. Brian Singer is officially done with directing X-Men movies. Hopefully that also means producing, but if I have my druthers about it, I'm firing that motherfucker and not letting him within 300 miles of anything to do with the X-Men. Can you imagine if somebody actually gave us power? The power! The absolute power! Yeah, I, I can imagine it right, right well. I, I think I, I'd be all right with it. Well, so would I. I mean, but it it might be scary a little bit. (laughs) It would. And, you know, I'd probably fuck some shit up, but most things would be all right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So what I'm saying is I probably should not like inherit the Phoenix force anytime soon. But if I did, I think I'd be all right. Social liberal media tyrant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, all right, so we are gathered here, ladies and gentlemen, because we've got some fixing to do. Now, we've never done this where we followed up one episode with another episode regarding the same topic. But, man, I think the X-Men Apocalypse film really, I mean, it bumped me out to 
such a great extent. And I'm willing to wager it also bummed you out. No, not really. Like I said, I am always more forgiving with such movies. <sighs> you can forgive that trash. <laughs> um, I'm very Jesus-like. <laughs> well, let's not go that far. <laughs> My initial- anyway. <laughs> Are you going to say your, your initials are, are, are JC? Oh yeah. My God. yeah. <laughs> well, Jeffrey, everybody knows that Jesus' real first name was not with a J, but with rather the letter I. Oh, okay. So okay. you just fell down to the pit that Indiana Jones almost fell down to in Last Crusade. You mean you mean everybody didn't speak English back then? Or Sorry, uh, American back then? Uh, just Americans, right, right. <laughs> so, sorry, y'all. Oh my God! Uh, what a what a week it has been. Anyway, we're we're plowing forward, dude. We're plowing for. We're going. We're going for it because the world is full of hate and stupidity, and hopefully we can bring a little less. And the night Maybe is a full love. of terrors. Oh, that <laughs> that's for a different show, my friend. Anyway, uh, are we are we ready to go with this? What, yeah. what we have proposed was. Five fixes, all right? Um, <laughs> we, we, we are both going to propose five things that we would hope seven. would fix the X-Men franchise. You say seven? So you, you I, did seven. I may have included seven on my list. How many did you include? Seven, because you included seven. <laughs> so we, we both have seven <laughs> in our list of five. Yes. <laughs> uh, we can count. It's cool. Ain't no biggie. Uh, okay, how about five plus two bonuses, okay? Okay, if that's what we <sighs> want to call it. you know, NBC. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. We, should, we should add that in po- post, uh, post-editing here or whatever. Um, you know what else we should add in during editing is some of the X-Men cartoon sound effects. <laughs> I mean, the age of, like, the 80s, of course, were golden for cartoons, but... Sound effects during the '80s were particularly golden. Send me some uh, that you send me some that you want to use. Oh, I, I mean, dude, just just listen to that Pride of the X Men episode. It's just hilarious how some of those things work. Like you know, like even with uh, Spider Man as Amazing Friends, you have the Ice Man. You know, this will show you what the Sandman can really do. Looks like we've got him right where he wants us. Maybe not. Nice try, Firestar. But the sand in your hourglass just ran out. <laughs> that, that was his power. <laughs> so it's like it's like a telephone going off. But no, it's Iceman. He had the first cell phone. Uh, is that what it was? It was, uh, it was, set, anyway. to, it was set to old-fashioned ring. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so, Jeffrey, mm, I'm yes. going to propose to you my, my first fix, my first idea, and we can, and then you can give me yours, all right? Okay. Uh, so this is it. You've got to approach this stuff like Marvel and Disney have crafted the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So... Fox has 
sort of done that, although in a very piss poor manner. Uh, there, there needs to be much planning ahead of time, things mapped out 10 years in advance. Uh, of course, having directors and scripts and writers picked out ahead of time also helps. But what I want this to do is I want to enter, you know, it's going to interlock with Deadpool. I think I said this in the last episode. I would like to consider Deadpool sort of like the first movie of the new X-Men universe. <laughs> And uh, that that would allow for us to also laugh and sneer at the X Men Wolverine Just watch that Origins again. version. Just watched that again the other day. Such a good movie, man. Oh, De- Deadpool. Yes, it was. It, it was very entertaining. Um, anyway, so you know they have these other ideas for New Mutants, X Force. Uh, that you know they could also include in there. But I would also like to see like X Factor, which I can talk about in a various capacity in a moment see i don't uh, know. All, you know there are all sorts of different incarnations of the x-men teams throughout the years since 1963 and all of this stuff could be incorporated and here's what i'm proposing dude i don't think we i could say, have i don't think we could have x-factor because of simon cowell what are you kidding me you look like a couple of rodeo clowns up there nothing was in sync your hairstyles are ridiculous you butchered a terrific song and it's time you went home please Spare us additional torture and just euthanize yourselves. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> he, he has no he has no trademark on that phrase. It's been uh, around for years. Okay. All right. So this is what I propose. I said Fox is the owner of the X-Men uh, right now. What I say is they should put a show on FX or FXX or even just Fox, uh, you know, normal network television uh that is about the original x-men so you know like xavier b cyclops marvel girl iceman angel and have like the early years of the x-men but have it be have it take place within a, a normal span of time before present day because everything that we're going to propose i think from here on out like deadpool that's set in modern day uh anything you know the new mutants movie coming out I would say would need to be modern day uh so this this real x-men first class if you will would be a television show about the original x-men uh it would be set probably what a good 15 20 years before present day so sounds you good know, we're only talking about mid 90s here so it's not that that much of a stretch as far as filmmaking goes uh i think it, it could really work out well as far as you know building up the product as as well yeah Sort of with what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done, where like it hasn't really, you know, the Marvel Comics universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has not been reliant upon Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but has definitely been there as this like ever present brand for people. And it got pretty good. I mean, the first, what, half a season was kind of dog shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I watched the first season. I haven't gone back to watch season two yet because. I just wasn't digging it all that much. Give it a try. I think you'll. I will appreciate. I have it. every intention of, of finishing. I was going to say. Show. I was going to say like it, but I'll say appreciate it instead. I I'll <laughs> probably like it. Uh, you know, I've heard things about Agent Carter. You know, Agent Carter as well that are pretty. Even though it just got canceled, I think that had high praise or whatever. Hey, Firefly only lasted one season, so you can't judge. Um, right. Um, now that, that was a classic. Although I think Agent Carter's lasted what two or three? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. 
Anyway, uh, so that that's basically it. I would like I love the idea of exploring everybody else while they're young, and that way we don't have to jump right into the story of like who the X Men are now. Because like I want that to be done because it really hasn't been done in most of the movies. And that would the, give them the, you know, the Brian Singer verse. Uh, so with like that would give young, them a long time to flesh out the characters. It, it really it really would, and I like it would. You could flash back and have other you know nuances with Xavier and Magneto, but you could also bring in uh, was a Carl Kane, uh, who was actually the half brother of Charles Xavier, and who is also known as the Juggernaut. I guess he's most famous for "I'm the Juggernaut, bitch" in <laughs> X Men Three. Uh, that that was like the greatest moment of the character on film, and that's a shame because I do like me some Juggernaut, <laughs> and I think you know having the whole like sibling aspect that you could explore on like a television show would be awesome. Well, there's a lot of sibling stuff in X-Men, so Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, you could uh you could flesh out the whole cuz you know, like I really want them to build up that Scott and Alex, you know, Havoc Cyclops relationship. You could even flash back and have, you know, like sort of introduction to Mr. Sinister when they're when they're little kids or whatever. Um you know, it, it'd be also great to, for, I mean, I'm talking about just the show, but I'm talking about as far as a shared universe goes. Why aren't there just fucking ideas out there for team up movies, man? Like, why isn't there going to be, why, why has this not been proposed? Or like, oh, let's have a Wolverine Havoc meltdown movie or a Dazzler long shot movie or a Nightcrawler, Excal- you know, Excalibur, Kitty Pride kind of thing. Like, there's so much stuff out there where you could actually, make a cinematic universe completely unreliant on anything to do with the Marvel Comics universe. Well, I almost think, uh, you know, movies are great, but I almost think X-Men, with their long plot lines that sometimes run several comics, I mean, I think it'd almost be better to have a TV show. So, Oh, so you, so you say definitely do a show. Yeah. Maybe a movie, some movies as well? Yeah. Some, you yeah. know, like the climax of uh, it, that would be a weird thing to do. It's like uh, instead of having the season finale, you have the movie. Can you imagine? Yeah, I mean, you'd get so many people that that would have to go see the movie because they'd basically just watched a season advertisement for the movie. Yeah, right, right, right. That, All right, so uh, let's let's go ahead and go to your 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 first idea for a fix. Okay. My my first fix is uh, break Buchacha's rules about only a seven member team. <laughs> you you can't break my rule to fix. You're fixing the Fox mess, man. You you, you my, I, that's the team thing I put out there. We we could talk about that in a minute. A minute. You, you broke, uh, but what you're saying is you say there has to be ample members present. Well, if you look at the history of the different X Men lineups, the magic number seems to be around eleven members. You know, okay, and this this way it allows you to do the whole blue team, gold team when necessary. Ooh, you're talking early '90s, like Jim Lee X Men, right there, my friend. Because blue and gold is big and bold. Ooh, <laughs> oh, hashtag that right there. Has- hashtag high school. <laughs> Has- hashtag hashtagging. <laughs> hashtag hashtag making hashtag making up hashtags. Oh yeah! Uh, all right. Any, anything else we want to say about that? I uh, mean, because obviously we want to sh- we want to save our member proposals 
to last. Oh, well, that was my first fix. So right, I'm 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 done for now. All right, uh, fix number two. I propose that uh, hope. Uh, I think for the most part, this has trended downwards. Uh, it's not happening as much, thankfully. But no fucking origin stories, none. None. Everything takes place like modern day as far as movies go. Uh, most of the X-Men should be like early, mid-20s, maybe some a little bit older, some a little bit younger. Of course, that's part of the, the mythos. Uh, but none of this like, oh, Colossus is still in school and Storm is like <laughs> 40. Like None of that shit. Yeah. And, and, and no, no origins. Like, they already fucked up the X-Men, you know, Weapon X Wolverine story. Uh, they've already fucked up uh, pretty much everybody else in the in the Fox Brian Singer universe, whatever the hell it is. So like none of that shit. Let's just say, hey, this is the story. We you know you sort of rely on the foundation of a TV show, and if it have that establish a new kind of canon, and if you're going to do anything origin related, it's there over like a course of five or six seasons or however I mean, however many seasons they would plan out the show. Yeah, um, with the with the show, you you don't need to do, you know, origin stories in the movies. You can handle all that shit in the show, right? And uh, yeah, absolutely. And there are so many different arcs they could incorporate in the show, different characters, intro to different characters, uh, little, you know, little hints and meetups of character, you know, like uh, you know, even though like Dazzler doesn't come until later, like have like little Easter eggs planted throughout the show, you know, whatever. There are all sorts, all sorts of different things that you could do with that idea. And I, th- why, why don't they listen? Like, why are they not listening to us right now? Why, why is the NSA not li- recording our conversation and relaying this message to Fox? I want to know. I, they probably are recording our oh. message. They just, you know. Oh, uh, so what? Well, um, America, they're go, just go America. They're just looking for for keywords like uh, oh, 9/11, like terrorism, nine eleven, ISIS, nine eleven. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, what's your number two fix? Um, Fox needs to sell to Disney, or at least needs to get along for crossovers like Sony did with Spider Man and Captain America: oh, Civil War. So you're saying the best one of the best fixes they could have is to just wash their hands of it. <sighs> You think so? You think you think Fox is that like inept? Disney seems to be doing a good job. Um, well, you use the Disney template and just do their own. They like they don't need to. Well, as I said, uh, I mean, I, I I'm I, I guess I I'm agreeing with you. I wouldn't mind if they did. Well, they really need to at I, least get along for crossovers. May, yeah, I I. I I could see that. I, I I don't mind it at all. But I'm just saying, like they don't. The, the X Men universe is so rich that they don't really need the other Marvel characters mudding it up. However, Infinity like, Wars. How empty is it going to be to have this like Avengers Infinity War and not have any of the the fucking X Men? Yeah, that's that was my exact point because they need. Okay. They, I, I want some X Men in the Infinity Wars. Uh, and, and there's a whole cosmic acts aspect to the X-Men, like with the Phoenix saga, you have the, uh, the Shi'ar empire and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like all that stuff you could have, cro- you could have crossovers with guardians of the galaxy. Um, well, I was going to say silver surfer, but Hey, Fox owns that too. 
It's theirs to fuck up. <laughs> it's a, he's theirs to fuck up, which is a damn shame. <sighs> Silver Surfer, man. Silver fucking surfer. All right. That's a topic for another day. All right. <laughs> fix number three. Are you ready, Jeff? Are you ready? I am ready. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, okay. I think one of the best ideas out there is to adapt faithfully adapt an existing storyline uh wait like whereas back no i guess it was 2005 already you had them adapting frank miller's year one into batman batman begins um and you had it less successfully adapted uh you had actually two story arcs with batman versus superman you had the death of superman and you had the uh dark knight returns Frank Miller series adapted and that, that wasn't, it didn't work very well. Those two didn't meld very well together to like two different story arcs. It made, it made a mess of the movie. So what I'm saying here is adapt, find a story arc that was popular or even maybe something that didn't quite work as well on the page and fix it. Yeah. Because if you can fix a story that wasn't quite as iconic, then, um, perhaps maybe not as many nerds have seen it to be pissed when you change something. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I, and they've already done so many of this. They they keep hitting the same notes: mutants, good, bigot humans, bad. <laughs> like th- there's more to it than that. There's more to the X Men story than just that. Well, that was a huge undertone, un- undercurrent throughout the entire X Men series. It is, but- and, and, as it should be. But it uh, but they keep bringing it to the forefront. Like they yeah. don't. They don't need to do that. We we acknowledge it, but they keep hitting us over the head with it. And the Dark Phoenix saga, without really <sighs> the Dark Phoenix, uh, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> don't don't get me thought it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that, that's that's my number uh, three fix. Jeffrey, what's your number three fix? My number three, if oh exactly what we we're talking about. If you're not going to put the work. <clears throat> If you're not going to put the work setting up the Dark Phoenix saga backstory, oh. then don't bother trying doing it. Holla fucking Luya. Dude. Set it up properly and, and, or not at all. Obviously, you're, you're using the Dark Phoenix story as an, as an example, I'm sure. I mean, of course, that's the most iconic. But, like, okay, you have to you have, to have the whole buildup. Jean, she's one of the original X-Men. She grew up basically. I mean, she was the first X-Men that Charles recruited as well. So she goes the furthest back. And you like you have no no sense of her growing up with with Charles, and then of course you have her death sort of resurrection with the Phoenix Force, and that's where you get the Phoenix Saga, which is precedes the Dark Phoenix Saga. Like if you're not going to do any of that groundwork, then fuck off. Which they've already started again. <sighs> fuck yeah, fuck you, Fox. Yeah, that's why we're here to fix up your diarrhea. Of a mess, okay? Your raging pile of diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they seem all set to do the Dark Phoenix Saga without any of the backstory, just all over again. And it's, like, frustrating. Do you think, do you think that they would intend to have it end in space like it's supposed to? I don't. No. No, probably not. I mean, they own Silver Surfer. Do you think he would show up? No, assholes. All right, what is your number four? My number four. Uh, my number four fix is you got, got, gotta be 
true to the characters. The reason why Deadpool was so phenomenally ex- successful, it's the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. Wow. It's because awesome. they were true to the fucking character. And can you like look back at this entire diarrhea mess that Fox has made over the last 16 years or whatever it's been and say, oh my God, that character's exactly like I envisioned or exactly like he's portrayed or she's portrayed in the comic book. They did a good job with uh, Professor X and Magneto. I thought. I I love those actors and I think Patrick Stewart is probably closer to what I would envision to to Professor X. Oh, yeah. I love, I you have to understand, I love Sir Ian McKellen. He's one of my all-time favorite actors. But as a Magneto, for me, he's never fit. Really? Why? Yeah. Why? Why Why is he never fit as Magneto? Well, first of all, he's British, and Eric Lencher is supposed to be German. Uh, he, he, I never had that sense of tragedy with Ian McKellen's Magneto. I always had more of a sense of, uh, okay, I, I look for Magneto to be tortured. And I never quite got that from Ian McKellen. Well, uh, you got that from Fassbender. I, I agree. I think Fassbender probably got closer to it, especially in the, the first few minutes of the new movie, uh, which were it's one of its only redeeming qualities. But whatever. Oh, so Magneto. Uh, I always yeah, like I always viewed him as as more of a tortured soul. And Ian McKellen, especially in the first film, and this is probably. Brian Singer's doing, honestly. I think it's more the director, especially his imperative that I told you about in the last episode, about him refusing the actors the access to the comic book material. So stupid. Um, yeah, Magneto in, in the first movie seemed more mischievous than ideolog- like an ideologue. Yeah. Like he, was, he was just in the first few movies to fuck shit up, whereas I've always viewed Magneto as the ideolo- you know, ideologue who... He's going to fuck some shit up, but he's doing it for a reason. Yeah, he's a true believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's also open-minded as well, and that's why you know you have some of the reconciliation between he and Charles over the years. And at one point, of course, we talked about how he leads the X-Men for a short period of time. Anyway. Very strange. Uh, yeah. Very strange relationship between uh, Xavier yeah, and, and, I just, and Magneto. I never really really got that with McKellen's, and I, I know it's probably blasphemy, but you have to understand, I still love Ian McKellen. Uh, he's a phenomenal actor and one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, what's what's your next one? Um, let me see. Number uh, four. Number four. Adapt storylines from the comics as faithfully as possible. Oh, that's like my number three. <clears throat> yep, pretty much. Oh, wow. We, we had some overlap there. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, we we can talk about what stories we we want shortly. Uh, in the meantime, shall we move move ahead to number five? Since we were talked about that, sure. All right, uh, my number five fix: writing, writing, writing. You got to find a fucking screenwriter who actually truly gives a shit about crafting a worthwhile, poignant, moving story that they can give like the Marvel Cinematic Universe a run for its money. And you know what? Bring back some of these classic X-Men writers like Chris Claremont to be a, a consultant, executive produce, whatever. So they have a say like, oh, 
yeah, that's a really dick thing to do. And even though Cyclops is kind of a dick, he would never do or say what you just wrote. So <laughs> next. Well, like they need somebody authoritative to do that. Like right now with the Star Wars universe, they have Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote Empire Strikes Back, I should say co-wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And he's been brought back after, you know, the whole prequels thing. George Lucas never consulted him. Well, I might as but well now, tell you mine. Disney has brought him back and he's executive producing all these new movies. It's because these are his babies as well. Yeah. We need to find somebody who's going to treat the X-Men like his or her baby. Well, my, my number five is get as many former X-Men comic writers to review the screenplay and then listen to their advice. Um, I, I wouldn't say as many because there are some out there that are absolute shit. <sighs> like, I think with the last time I mentioned the writer Grant Morrison, some people love the Grant Morrison arc on the X-Men. Uh, I am not one of those. Which arc was that? It was after the, I'm going to say like the first or second Brian Singer movie, he came in and wrote the new X-Men series, which was, you remember what came out with uh, the Jim Lee X-Men, the number one selling of all time was X-Men number one. It's that same series, X-Men, that he comes along an issue of like one, I'm going to say 111 or 113 or something like that and starts writing it. And it was very dark. He brought He brought in a bunch of mutants who were just like ugly and had no, you know, basically no special powers, but they also had nowhere else to go other than the, you know, Xavier, Xavier school for gifted youngsters as what is, is originally called. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like had the weird, the weird love triangle between Emma Frost and Scott and Jean and then Wolverine too. And I, I, I don't know. So I think some, some X-Men writers are more suited than others, but there, but there really is, in my opinion, no, no perfect X-Men writer but there is chris claremont and he he like i said the last time he wrote the he wrote the x-men for 16 years and he crafted the most iconic of all x-men he wrote i mean pretty much any story that we're gonna throw out he's he's the guy that wrote them i mean he wrote dark phoenix yeah so he wrote mutant massacre he wrote mojoverse he wrote uh followed me i mean all the stuff is his is his stuff so if they're going to adapt his work he seems the most suited to consult so basically during that one guy's writing tenure it became uh, xavier's school for ugly children oh grant morrison yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, i mean i think he was actually the one that came up with yeah we talked about last time and so zoe kravitz became like a new new version of angel and she had like the wasp wings or whatever they were mm-hmm. that actually debuted in uh, one of the grant, early grant morrison issues of new x-men so what and, so yeah, but why the hell was she in x-men uh first class that's a great great question my friend <laughs> great question oh man let's talk about but there's but there's other that's the thing like there are other great arcs that are just you know outside of the x-men per se books like there's a great arc and x-factor uh of course now i'm not even talking about the archangel apocalypse thing which we talked about last time but when uh x-factor rebooted and this is probably about 10 years ago they had madrox the multiple man was sort of like a it was it was very like crime noir he was like a he was the leader of x-factor but he was like a, a private investigator and he was using his team to like go investigate uh like you know mutant atrocities and things like that and <laughs> it, it, it was it's a damn good read all right are we ready to go to our next fix or next or like, we've already gotten through five fixes this is our <laughs> bonus number one fix are you ready yes dude where are the fucking costumes 
or I mean, close it doesn't have to, to be exactly. Make, yeah. I don't necessarily want full on spandex. No, I don't want to see like Wolverine's bulge in his pants necessarily. <laughs> but if I could handle it from David Bowie and Labyrinth, goddamn it, I can handle it in an X Men movie from Wolverine and Cyclops and everybody else. But whatever. I, I mean, okay, it doesn't have to be exactly right, but it, you know, <sighs> Colossus put on that yellow, the yellow and red. Uh, I, I don't even know what the hell hell that is. Uh, what do you call that? A uh, unitard, maybe. U- unit, sure, we'll call it a unitard. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the same as what like you know, Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler has as well. I mean, Nightcrawler and Psylocke were the closest. And Psylocke, Psylocke's costume in X Men Apocalypse was actually the closest I've ever seen. Yeah, any X Men have a costume, and yet. Psylocke wasn't even an X-Men in that movie. So, fuck you, Brian Singer. <laughs> fuck you. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they should experiment with uh, different uh, different textures and clothing, you know, materials. And, uh, yeah, I saw, heard somebody online made a good point where uh, it's like everyone dressing in matching leathers is just as weird as spandex. Really? That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, I mean, is this some BDSM stuff? Uh, yeah. Or is it comic books? I mean, if it, you want to be closer to true to life, you know, it's like, well, everyone wearing spandex isn't true to life. And it's like, everyone wearing leather isn't true to life either. They'd be wearing fatigues uh, of some sort. Wait, sorts. Have, have they been outdoors recently? Uh, a lot of females are pretty much just wearing, like, spandex yoga, yoga pants. I think I think yeah. it works better now. Yeah. And like, it, it would almost be like, hey, Jean Grey, go throw on your yoga pants and, and fight if, some crime. Yeah, if they wanted to be practical, though, they would go with some type of fatigues, you know, some type of material that was good for fighting, basically. And and perhaps uh, flame retardant and other things. I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, Jeffrey, what's your first bonus? Ah, uh, my first bonus. Um, let me see. Stick to the personalities and backstories established in the in the comics. If a ca- oh, so that's kind of what I said, too. If a character needs their own origin movie to not seem one-dimensional, do it. Or, or make it a part of a show. Or make it a part of a show, yes. Or even, uh, how about this for a brilliant fucking idea? How about an additional show, and we'll call it like X-Men Anthology or something like that, where you could have like little X-Men stories, and you could include little origin stories like that. You could just call it X-Men Origins. Or something. But yeah. we wouldn't want to necessarily be limited to origins. We could have other stories as well. That's true. So I'm just saying. Oh, Jeffrey, they they need to fucking hire this. Hopefully, hopefully the Fox executives have already gotten the message, and my phone will be ringing shortly. You can send them the link to the podcast. Exactly. Thanks, NSA. Working for the good guys this time. All right. Maybe they're working for the good guys more than just this time. Maybe. Quit sucking up. We'll see. Quit sucking up. Hey, I just don't want them to like show up to my house in their black vans one day. <laughs> Mr. Bushacha, are you uh, are you naysaying the NSA on your podcast? No, I've never done that. If it's, anything, I extol the virtues of the NSA. It's all an act. It's all an act. You guys aren't very exactly. popular right now, so I have to follow that trend for the listeners' exactly. sake. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's our story, right. and we're sticking to it. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Um, so your, your bonus, it was one of my points as well. So we, we have a lot of overlap here. Yep. All right. This is my this is my double bonus. Are you ready? I am ready. 
Double bonus. <sighs> Double bonus. Quit trying to make every fucking X-Men movie a Wolverine movie. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> I swear, I like I like Wolverine, so I'm not that bothered. <laughs> um, okay, but just like in the 90s, Wolverine got used way too much and overexposed the character to a point where like nobody really gave a shit anymore. Now it was just like, you know what? In order to make Wolverine as awesome as he could possibly be, don't use him as much. Be disciplined. <laughs> as where I read the Wolverine comics as well as X-Men. So, Well, as did I. As did I. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. What's your double bonus? My double bonus. Uh, if a character seems one-dimensional but doesn't call for their own origin movie, then introduce their backstory with a zigzag. Xavier in a telepathic psychiatric session or uh, introduce to introduce some humor have uh, Deadpool break the fourth wall and kind of walk in off screen and narrate a flashback that that would be at least interesting for some of it yeah <sighs> I'm with you I'm with you all right Let, let's go ahead and go into our, our teams all right so not only have we proposed fixes we have each chosen teams and i have proposed rules that jeffrey has promptly broken so did you i <laughs> uh, i did yeah i sent you the ages of everyone you picked even though they were supposed to be all in like their mid to early 20s oh, damn it <laughs> jeffrey they don't look that age though oh okay okay come on <laughs> oh jesus all right you know what all right fine i might i might throw an extra member in there fuck you okay I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine uh, with so anyway, it. what I had proposed originally was based on the seven-member team that rescued the original X-Men in Giant Size X-Men number one. That was Cyclops, Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Thunderbird, Colossus, and Sunfire. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Not eight, nine, ten, or eleven. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The X-Men traditionally has had at least a couple more than that. Yes. Um. I for for movie purposes, I was just like maybe maybe seven's enough. But seeing as how I've never made a film, uh, I'm, I'm going to just say, hey, you know what? Let's have our cake and eat it, too. All right. My other rule was no sausage fest. Uh, that means, like, you can't have a complete male team or even a complete female team. I think the ra the ratios need to be 3-4 or 4-3 or whatever. And um, Or 6-5. My, 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 third, my third stipulation for our, our little game here is no Deadpool. Uh, and no characters that would show up in new new, a New Mutants movie or Next Wars movie. I, I think I broke that rule a little bit, too. <coughs> Say what? I think I broke that rule a little bit, too. God damn it, Jeffrey. I mean, Just a little. May, the X-Force movie, depends on what incarnation of X-Force you went with. Yeah, because I think I have a character who might show up show up in one of the X-Force Well, I, Also, versions. I was introducing her to... Uh, it would... It would uh, increase interest if they already knew about her from another movie it would increase interest for x-force oh all right um <clears throat> let's go ahead I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and read you my my team and then you can and we can talk about that and then you can read me your team we'll talk about that all right all right sweet uh um, for my team I'm, I'm actually choosing a late mid to late 80s lineup here uh so the leader of my x-men i want storm and who's going to play Storm is Lupita Nyong'o, 
Most of you would know her from 12 Years a Slave, or she played the voice, uh, the, you know, the motion capture for Maz Kanata in Force Awakens. And oh. Jeffrey so rightly points out that Lupita is 33, although I think she could easily pass from mid-20s. Yeah, she looks pretty young. Okay. But- because Je- Jeffrey has also inserted photographs of various actors and actresses, and Lupita Nyong'o looks pretty good for 33. But um, part of the reason I liked your whole um, – a lot of them kind of younger uh, was because you can use the same actress for longer. Right, right. That, that's true, too. That's true, too. Uh, um, the one person who doesn't necessarily have to be young uh, and doesn't necessarily have to be old, though, would be the guy who I'd want to play Wolverine. And let me tell you, there, this guy that I'm about to throw out there, I don't think you could have a better choice for Wolverine. You it, can argue with me. It would be me, hard. It would be hard. But, like, this dude is nigh close to perfect. I'll even, I'll even tell you his height here in a minute. But that person is Tom Hardy. Just think about what a little Wolverine bastard he was in the movie Warrior. Think about him being sort of like the silent, hey, bub kind of guy from uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Think about uh, the crazy-ass berserk dude he was in Bronson. And you get a, a picture of what we're trying to paint with uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, the dude is 5'9". So while he is not tall... And he's not short. I think with a little bit of forced perspective, you could actually make him appear shorter than he actually is. With five I, nine, you could actually work with that. I spent hours and hours uh, looking at um, actors. Uh, my rule was no one. It was it was five nine and, and below. And right. I, I think I did about <clears> the same thing. And uh, boy, if you look, I apparently have a weird body build. You know, yeah. I'm I'm five eight, and I'm also big. You know, muscles and wide frame, and you're built like the kingpin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's uh, muscle density, baby. <laughs> but apparently, there was no, there's hardly anybody in Hollywood that's that's uh, below five foot ten who has any type of size and mus- muscle to him, oh, except for like, they, yeah, I mean, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Hart. I mean, of course, Tom Cruise is famously short, and like Josh Hutcherson from Hunger Games and things like that. But uh, no, Tom Tom Hardy is 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 he your dude as well? Um, I have two, just to, oh, okay. to, for different ages, um, depending on how young they wanted to go. But oh, okay, uh, he is one of them, and it's because he's actually got some muscle he's got a he has a wider frame he, he he's got looks, a little bit of bulk Absolutely. he looks the part he's not some you know little skinny guy yeah all right i'm gonna go ahead and go for my next one and i i actually did not cast this character and actually i, I might steal your actor but the, the <laughs> character i like is colossus i don't think you can have a good x-men movie without without colossus being featured heavily uh you actually suggested uh, was it Hathor Bjornsson who plays the mountain on Game of Thrones? Yeah. In terms of size and physique, absolutely perfect pick. Although I'm just not sure the guy can act. What do you? Well, I mean, he, he said a few words when he crushed Oberyn's head. Well, if but, he, you know, if he can't act, um, they can just do what they did in Deadpool. I'd be fine with it. They they did a good job. Like CGI through the whole movie. Well, yeah, they could use the precedence of uh, um, you know, like a back injury. Like, remember he got his back broken in, in one of the X-Men 
story arcs and Magneto. Oh, yeah. Magneto helped yeah. to fix his back, but he, you know, it's it's so painful that he he to be he has to stay metal. Yeah, he stays metal because human form is just too oh, painful. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, if you stick, need an explanation, uh, sticking with Game of Thrones, uh, the other character <laughs> I want is Dazzler. I, I happen to be a big Dazzler fan from back in the day. Uh, and I would like that to be played by Natalie Dormer, who plays Marjorie Terrell on Game of Thrones. And you put her age in, it's 34. Yep. But I think Dazzler, number one, is actually supposed to be a little bit older than everybody. Oh, really? According to her origin story, she's a rock star, pop star, whatever, who's uses sort of her powers in her show. But eventually she gets... Uh, you know, she's outed as a mutant, and I kind of I, I like the sort of arc that would provide for the story as well. And I think Natalie Dormer, thirty four, okay, she's a little bit on the high end it's for age, but you know what? Like I, Dazzler needs to be a little bit older, so I think it works. Oh, okay. I mean, she she did not come to the school as a, a young kid, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well, all right. That screws up one of my and picks. say what <laughs> that might screw up one of my picks. Oh, oh. Uh, my next one is dun, 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 Psylocke. And I'm talking the younger version of Psylocke, pre-Olivia Munn costume, where she's actually a possessed Asian. Uh, if anybody knows the origin of that version of Psylocke, you'll know what I'm talking about. She was actually uh, uh, a Japanese assassin, and the, Betsy Braddock, Elizabeth Braddock, sort of possessed that body, and that's the Psylocke where that has become popular or whatever. But originally, she's just the sibling, the younger sibling of one Captain Britain, Brian Braddock from Excalibur. And her her story, in the beginning, is at least a little different. She's just sort of coming into her powers. She's younger, and but not too... Like, she's not one of the teenage versions of the X-Men. So, like, the 20s works. But the, the character... The, actress i've chosen is lily james and i think most people would recognize her from right now from the live action cinderella movie that came out last year uh she also is in downton abbey if anybody's a fan of that but of course she's british and i would expect psylocke to have a british accent honestly and so this works and she's like she's got sort of like that youthful innocence that i would expect from a pre-Asian Psylocke. And that picture I found of her, uh, quite a lovely lady. She She's quite quite the attractive young lady, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I like her acting as well. All right. <clears throat> I like, I, I, I am going to go ahead and say this because I think on both of our, our sheets, we both picked the same guy to be Havoc, and that's yes. Taron Edgerton. Yep. Uh, why, why did you pick him? Um, I was kind of looking for uh someone around that age uh and that kind of that kind of look uh you know and i i thought it would be good to have um you know someone british playing uh playing scott too uh yeah (laughs) i think our our, both of our lists are sort of heavy on the uh foreigners but whatever (laughs) but uh he just his his performance in um in uh 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 Shit, it's a good movie. Kingsman. His performance oh, yeah, in yeah. Kingsman. I mean, as far as action go, he can right, hang. Right, he right. can hang. And he's sort of small. He seems to, like he seems to have a smaller build as well. Though he's too young to play Wolverine. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I totally dig. I, I totally dug his dynamic. Uh, I think he has. He has kind of like for me. It was the attitude. His attitude is exactly what I would expect 
havoc to have. Yeah. Like he's got like he's a good dude. He's he's actually you know he exhibits leadership capabilities, but he's also got this big chip on his shoulder. Like that that's what I get from Terran. Has some anger issues. It, yes. All right. The last one I'm going to cast for my seventh member, and I'm actually going to throw out a bonus eighth, just to kind of give you my idea for a story. But uh, that's Tatiana Maslany as Rogue. Tatiana Maslany, for those of you who are orphan black fans, that's the one who plays, well, everybody. Everybody. <laughs> uh, any female who's on that show pretty much is is all Tatiana Maslany. Uh, and, of course, she's age 30. And I would also expect rogue to be on the higher side of age for the x-men as well she's gonna have to do that so, louisiana accent though say what she's gonna have to try to pull off that louisiana accent Ooh, you know what seeing as how she plays like 30 different characters in orphan black <laughs> something tells me she can do it she uh, she has good range that's for sure with her acting oh, yeah, <laughs> having to play yeah. that many people <laughs> Indeed, indeed. Anyway, so th- that's my cast, and I'm going to throw out a bonus Cyclops. So if we have Taron Edgerton, who is going to be roughly 25, I would say we need about a 30-year-old Cyclops. And my idea, like, how I envision the story, the story arc that I really would like to see adapted, uh, which would actually make sense of an apocalypse storyline later, is the Mutant Massacre, where um, there's a whole lot of stuff going down where... <clears throat> Mr. Sinister has basically hired some vigilante-type uh, mutants to kill the Morlocks, who are mutants who live underneath New York City. Uh, this is actually where Angel loses his wings, and like I kind of like I would like to see that added in there at some point, because like I said, this is all predicated on the idea of there being a, a, a TV show with the original X Men. Um, and so, like having having Cyclops in there, he's like he's not in the X Men, and he's sort of torn. There's a lot going on, which we you know we could sort of allude to in uh, the movie. But I would like to see Cyclops in there in some capacity. All right, Jeffrey, you go. Um, all right, my first is uh, Cyclops, actually. Of course, um, played by Sam Claflin. 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 Age twenty nine. Uh, he's the dude from uh, Hunger Games, uh, uses the spear and gets, eat, gets oh, eaten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Gets eaten in the tunnels by those by those creatures. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I've seen the last one. Uh, he died before the last one. He died uh, second uh, to the last one. Well, shit that I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. But he, he was kind of a... Uh, he was a good guy, but also kind of douchey, which I think is perfect okay. for Cyclops. Okay. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Is he also English? Yes, he is. As far as of I course. know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and next one. This, this next choice warms my heart more for the character than the actor. Long shot. Oh, yeah. Wait, why, why do you? I, well, what, why did you pick long shot to be part of your X-Men? I always I, I liked his character. Uh, I I don't I don't even quite remember why. I just remember having a, a dude. I love long, okay, long First shot. of all, he's he's not a mutant per se. He's actually from a parallel universe, which a form of humanity was enslaved. Uh, but his ability is just luck. Yeah, which uh, is pretty cool. Like, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not like havoc where it's going to blast the shit out of you. It's just like he's lucky. So 
whatever he does, he's going to land. You know, he throws something at you, it's going to stick. I was like, that that in and of itself is actually pretty damn cool. And he's a martial artist, and he's a blade You're, expert, right, right? And he has a slight and, uh, healing factor. Yeah, the whole Mojo verse thing is he has like he's fought in like the battle, like gladiatorial combat, and has been able to survive. A number of years because of his his hand to hand savvy and his, and his he luck, has of a, course. And he had a healing factor. He had a and he has a healing factor. That's so right. That means, uh, you know, the whole big blasts and and you know people holding their hand out going ah, you know, yeah, <clears throat> that's all well and good. But for for good action, you need brawls and scraps. You know. Brawl and scraps. I, th- I think he could be quite scrappy. So, who are, who are the actor or actors you've chosen? Um, yeah, I chose two just in case because uh, I couldn't decide. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you which one of them I prefer. How about that? Uh, Dylan O'Brien, age twenty-four, and Aaron, who, who most people probably would know from The Maze Runner, or he played Style Silver. Wait, not yet. Dylan O'Brien. Oh, sorry. Dylan O'Brien, yeah, yeah, Maze Runner and Scott um, Stiles and Teen Wolf. Yeah, Stiles Stilinski. Um, or Aaron Taylor Johnson, age 25. Did he, I say Scott Stiles? Is that like a basketball player or something? <laughs> you were combining. Scott Skiles? You were combining. I don't know, whatever. Uh, you were, well, there's Scott and there's Styles. Scott's the main oh. character. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, my other pick, age 25. Okay, that's. He was That's Quicksilver. Quicksilver and Kickass, yeah, yeah, and Kickass. Um, I actually prefer, I prefer him. Uh, I, Dylan O'Brien, it, he just seems too much of a, a wise ass to me. Ah, so I, I think I think uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson would probably bring more energy to it. Well, I just want somebody opinion. that could pull off a, a certain amount of swagger. And I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Dylan, I got you there. I thought Dylan O'Brien or a- Aaron Taylor Johnson could both pull off a bit, a bit of uh, swagger, and uh, they had some humor. Swagger, uh, I got, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, so that that would be my preference. And of course, right. Havoc. I have uh, Havoc. Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton. He's age twenty six. Uh, I realize he's a little younger in the comics, but you know, the guy I picked for Cyclops is twenty nine, and he's twenty six. So, I figure that's a decent span of age for brothers. Yeah. All right. What's next? Um, <laughs> I actually have three picks uh, for Beast. This is total cheating, you bastard. <laughs> well, it's, it's what you do. You, you make a list and you call your first guy on the list, and and then you know if he says no, you got to call the second guy. I'm just being. Pre- and I would I'm say two prepared. of these guys are are too damn old. I'm being prepared as, as much a, as I as love a producer. Them. I love him, too. That's why I include him. Uh, My first pick would probably be just because he fucking looks like Beast already with the eyebrows pointing and (laughs) everything. Um, Jason Momoa. Okay, so that that would be my choice as well. Age 36. And I always thought a Beast is being a little older than everyone else anyways. Yeah, to to, like, I mean... In my version, I would say Cyclops is like 30, 31, and Jason Momoa, I guess, is right around there. It's 36, so. It's 36. Um, but uh, where you might know Jason Momoa from is uh, he was the, the head Dothraki. Cal uh, Drogo. Cal uh, Drogo in uh, Game of Thrones. Um, he also did a Conan movie, which was okay. Um, oh, that's true. That's true. And he played Conan. 
And he also was in uh, Stargate Atlantis. And, and he's the new Aquaman, too. And yes, he's the new Aquaman. Very true. Uh, my other two picks were Michael C. Hall from Dexter. Great actor. Don't see it. From Dexter, age 45. Or, which would, this would be awesome, Nathan Fillion from Firefly. <sighs> and Castle. I, yeah, if only he were about 10 years younger. Ah, but he'd make a good beast. That yeah, you're right. He I has, agree. He has that, you know. I'm I'm getting tired of the whole gloomy Gus beast. Oh, had, he's emo. It's, Nicholas Holt is emo beast. Yeah, I mean, and, and Beast struggled with turning into blue and hairy at first, and was depressed at first. But then he just learned to deal with it, and he'd be reading Shakespeare, hanging upside down, you know, making little little famous quotes from uh, different poets and different you know, I, I, writers. I just and, thought of something about Beast and, and I never understood it as a kid but now that I'm like thinking about it. Do you ever realize like Wolverine always used to call Beast furry? Yeah. Like hey furry what's going on? Do, do you do you think that was like becoming a, a furry was a, a much older thing than <laughs> what we acknowledge to be? <laughs> like I would only put it in the last like 10 or 15 years or whatever that's become a thing but may, maybe it's been a thing all this time. Uh, any of you who don't know, a, a furry are people who like to dress up as in full body suits of different animals and have sex with each other in those body suits. Um, yeah. So was that why Wolverine was calling Beast furry? I don't think so. Like, hey, I'm having a party on Saturday night, furry. Want to come on down? Is it one of those kind of furry, furry parties? No. Not, so, sorry. Sorry. That's... God, That's one thing. Okay. Now you got me wondering if anyone's ever gone to a furry party dressed as Beast. <laughs> well, if they haven't, they will now. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Nathan Fillion would just be. He just has that Beast witticism down. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's the thing. Beast is very witty. Yes, which, which they've totally not done. In, in the no, Kel, I guess Kelsey Grammer kind of yeah. like. I mean, it's Kelsey Grammer. As much like, as I like the, actor, I didn't mind that casting so much. Really, as much uh, as I like the eight. actor that's playing him now. Um, oh, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that Kelsey Grammer did an awesome Beast. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't perfect for me, but damn it, it was all right. Like he he did he did pretty well with what he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, my next right. one. Uh, is, Wolverine. Is Wolverine. Uh, I have Tom Hardy, 38. We've already di- discussed him. We have. Now, if they wanted to go a little younger, about the only one that I think has the acting chops, and uh, I saw a picture of him in Pompeii, he can put on... Yep. S- yeah, dude he, was ripped. He can put on some muscle if he wants to. Kit, and, and he can be hairy. Kit Harrington. If, if you were going to go with a young Wolverine, I... I don't mind that pick. No, it seems the it seems the logical choice uh, from all the actors I could find. Uh, or even why not both? Why can't we have the young young Wolverine and an old Wolverine have young Wolverine show up in the, our, our proposed television show? True, true. And if any of you don't know who Kit Harington is, he is the awesome character John Snow, or he plays John Motherfucking Snow. Yes, so he definitely has some acting chops. I'd like him. I'd like to see if he can do kind of a grumbly 
you badass motherfucker. I, I think he could. Yeah, I think he, I I think think he, he could. could too. All right. Anybody, is that it? Is that the end of your list? Uh, no. My list is long. Oh, my God. <laughs> and full of terrors. <laughs> Keep going. Um, oh, that's right. Colossus. Halfor Bjornsson, age 27. You know, they keep talking about a Game of Thrones spinoff. I think we're just going to have to say fuck it and not make a Game of Thrones spinoff. Let's just hire the actors to do this X-Men show. <laughs> Pretty much. Because, um, I mean, that's where we're getting a lot of our people. <laughs> well, they've shown some of the best acting in any show lately. So I, Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and I still want Peter Dinklage's puck. <laughs> that, for that, that Alpha awesome. Flight movie, motherfucker. Alpha Flight, yeah. Um, but, uh, if anyone you don't know that guy, you know, Halfer Bjornsson, he is the one currently playing the mountain. He is six foot nine and built like a brick shit house. I mean, dude is huge. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a big dude. You see him standing next to a normal person and it just looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. He's that. And that's what Colossus needs to be. Yeah. Either that. If, and if, if he, if for some reason he can't act, um, just go digital. Like we, like in Deadpool, like we were talking about. Okay, I was fine. With All that. right, moving moving on to your your female choices, sir. Ooh, females. Uh, Dazzler. Oh yeah. I have uh, two picks. Um, Margot Robbie, age twenty five. I'm I'm going with that one. And if you wanted to go a little younger, uh, especially with the whole rock star kind of thing, uh, Taylor Mumpson, age twenty two. Um, I'm going with Margot Robbie because. I actually like. Of course, she's gorgeous, but you love. Marco I actually think Robbie. she's one of the best actresses out there right now. Yeah, and young actresses anyway. Go ahead, and list some stuff that she was in, like, uh, um, wait, Wolf of I Wall mean, Street. I mean, I think a lot of people know her from Wolf of Wall Street, and then coming up in as she's Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. But yeah. uh, the Z for Zachariah movie, she she was very very much a different character and transformed transformed into that role, which I appreciate. And I didn't realize she was so young during uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, she has a very yeah sophisticated kind of grown-up face even you know very lovely indeed indeed all right excellent choice for dazzler moving on all right uh my choice for marvel girl aka jean gray aka phoenix aka phoenix aka dark phoenix uh karen gillian age 28 oh i do she's only 28 yeah she was like she was really that young when she was on Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, that's been like five five or six years now. Yep, yep. I never realized that. Wow. Um, I I I love this choice. Lovely. I, I mean, of course she plays she plays Nebula on Guardians of the Galaxy, but uh, she, she's also you know Amy Pond. Amy on Pond, Doctor Who, Doctor Who. Uh, kind of a fairly long legged, tall. Beautiful redhead. I mean, perfect, um, perfect I, for Jean Grey. I actually like her as an actress as well. Yeah, I was. Gonna, yeah, she, anyone I picked, I picked also because they could act. All right. <laughs> it wasn't Next just, one. It wasn't just <laughs> the Next looks. Next one. Um, Polaris. Uh, I have who is who is supposed to be Havoc's girlfriend for Havoc's, part of the time anyway. So yeah, I've been trying to set up you know relationships. I'm a matchmaker. I, and you've chosen this actress, and I have no idea who she is. You'll, you'll definitely have to tell me about this one. Kaya Scuderio? Uh, I can't say her Scuderio. Kaya Scuderio. Yeah. I'm, but uh, age 24, um, the first thing I saw her in was this kind of weird show called Skins. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, she was she's a very good actress, very good range from that show. So she's English as well. She's English. Um, and let me see, Polaris. Polaris is Magneto's daughter. And uh, oh, that's right, she is, isn't she? Has pretty much the same powers that he does. Uh, so she's one of the heavy hitters of the group. Um, but she was also in um, Maze Runner. People might know her from Maze Runner. Okay. Uh, I'd probably know more for that then. But uh, once again, you know, very lovely, very good actress. Uh, so yeah, I think she could pull it off. And I even found a picture of her with kind of greenish blue hair because Polaris has green hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll see that. All right. Next. Uh, for Storm, I have uh, Natalia or not Natalie. Sorry, Natalie Emmanuel, age uh, twenty-seven. Who's also known as Miss Sandy. Miss Sandy from Game of Thrones. From Game right, of Thrones. Right. Uh, see, I actually thought about her, but I, I think she's too. She, I, I'm sure, like we, we we would get blamed for whitewashing the role or something. She she looks too. Caucasian, I think. Really? Yeah, I mean, you gotta think, Storm is supposed to be like a, an African goddess, so you definitely need somebody with, with a darker complexion, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, I was just going for good actress. I do like her, though. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Oh, hey, oh, this, this next one, you definitely, uh, you're, you're thinking outside the box. Uh, X-23. I have her... Who? If anyone doesn't know, is the female clone of one Wolverine. Yes. So kind of like Wolverine's daughter, sort of. But not really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have her like being kind of the outsider of the group, kind of joining at the end of the movie after doing something. Uh, or in the show, kind of having her as the outsider joining the group. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it also, like I said, it would... Uh, it would. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, okay, keep going. Sorry, I'm. Just, I just realized one of your actresses you've ch- you've chosen here. It would increase. You know, speaking of X Force, it would increase. Uh, she's part of X Force, and it would increase. You know, the likelihood of an X Force movie if you know, people perhaps liked like the character of X twenty three. And uh, I've I've I have three picks for this one. Okay. Um. My my dark horse uh, is Paige Van Zant, age twenty two. Uh, she is an MMA fighter. Oh, okay, and uh, she looks damn. So you you want her to have a breakout role here? Yeah, if she can act, she looks damn good uh, as a fighter, and uh, you know it'd be interesting to have somebody could actually fight and knows how to fight. fight. If you know, gotcha. as long as she can act. But if she can't uh, act, <laughs> then I have two other choices. Uh, oh my god, Jessica Henwick, age uh, twenty three. She's actually one of the Sand Snakes. Okay. From Game of Thrones. Wait, is your other one to say? Oh, wait. So we're looking at the one at the bottom here. Uh, the one right below the page. Right, one below okay. Paige Van Zant. She has okay, the whip. She was. Is, a, is this the one that says "bad pussy"? Because I, I don't think we would be able to do that. Bad pussy? What? The one in Game Game of Thrones who like whispers in Bronze's ears as he's la- as he's leaving is like, "Oh, you'll need a bad pussy." Like. It sort of took the internet by storm, and everybody's been making fun of that line for the last year and a half or whatever it is since it came out. Is that the one that gave him the titty show while he while he while they yes. were in jail? Yes. No, it's not her. It's the one with oh, okay, the... Okay, okay. So this isn't bad pussy. No. It's the one that used <laughs> the whip. It was the one that used the whip. Oh, okay, okay. And, uh, yeah, 
and you, we didn't get to see much of her acting ability, but uh, she was also in. And in, we won't now. <laughs> uh, she was also in uh, um, the latest Star Wars movie. She had oh a, yeah, a bit part. okay. And so, and if she can't really act, <laughs> my last choice is uh, Chloe Bennett, age twenty-four. And what's she from? Uh, most people will know her from uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, okay. She plays a person I can't remember the name right now because it's been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> but basically, oh, is it is it the girl who's supposed to be like an Inhuman? Uh, yeah, Quake? she's yeah she uh, yeah she's a hacker and everything. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I recognize her now. But and that's it. Those are my uh, those are my picks. And your your storyline to be adapted. Um, uh, who wants to go first? You go first with the storylines. I already said mine. I already said Mutant Massacre. Uh, you had another one, too. Uh, I did? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's basically part of the same thing. So, no, Mutant oh. Massacre was it. Okay. Well, then I will go for, go find mine, then. Um, these kind of all lead into each other, the stories I, I chose. Um, yeah? The Legacy Virus. Um, okay. Which basically it was... So we, we get our cable... Into this, yep, and it was it was meant to uh, kill mutants. It was sent from the future to kill mutants, but it actually got uh, it mutated and started killing normal people too. Uh, but, but there was basically a whole fallout of people being afraid of mutants spreading the plague, and so they all got a lot of the mutants got sent to uh, relocated to this island called Gen- Genosha. Geno- Genosha, right? Genosha. So, oh yeah. Are you are you are you to throw in the whole Genosha story like as a, as a lead up? Should, are you proposing this be a film trilogy? Yes, at least. There we go. There um, we go. And that leads into X Men Eve of Destruction. Okay, now, th- I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now the Legacy Virus was cured through Colossus sacrificing his life, and Magneto becomes obsessed with the death of the of the X Men, and what he felt was Xavier's inability to keep Colossus. Um, you know, alive. Basically, yeah. uh, he, he blamed Xavier for not making the hard choices, you know, being too nice to humans. Um, but it's almost like you're saying Magneto should be more conflicted and tortured. Yeah. And basically Magneto um, is becomes the de facto leader of Genosha yeah. and has tons of, uh, of mutants now rallied to his cause by being kicked out of their own countries driven mm-hmm. from their homes they're all pissed well, off that's like part, part we're into part two because the genosha thing earlier was the cameron hodge thing which had yeah. a lot to do with archangel so so they got a bunch of mutants that are pissed off at, at, at the rest of humanity and, and you know i actually like that idea because you could really just you could sort of put everybody else on the back burner you don't have to do something like world spanning galaxy spanning story it could basically be set in a very limited setting and tell your story over the course of three different, you know, maybe two, maybe three movies uh, where you could introduce some of these characters and focus on different characters and different films and that kind of stuff. And then we go into the next one is The House of M, which is kind of a... Oh, that's, that's something else entirely. Um, but it's also based off the whole Genosha thing, though. Uh, sort of. Basically, uh, Wanda Max- Maximov, also known as the Scarlet Witch, is living on the devastated island of Genosha under the care of Professor Xavier and her father, Magneto. Uh, So this would be predicated on the fact that Disney got control back. Really? 
Well, because oh, Scarlet Witch is an Avengers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or they just... But you, no, you already said that it's one of your fixes, so just roll with it. Or or they recast her. Because <laughs> both X-Men uh, both X-Men and um, Marvel, uh, they had their own versions of uh, Quicksilver. Right, so. of Quicksilver. I but, think that's kind of as a gray area. I think with Scarlet Witch, you'd probably get in a dice area. But you know what? They've already introduced... You know, who cares? We're saying that the old movies are trash anyway. They can do what they want. Do what they want. Yeah, All right, keep going. Professor Xavier informs Magneto that his telepathic powers will no longer be able to hold back Wanda's reality warping abilities and that a permanent solution must be found. Magneto blames himself for twisting his children through uh, the strength of his own dreams and ambitions. But basically, she's lost her children, Wanda right. Maximoff. And so she changes reality to make it but so they were fake children to begin with though we should put point that out oh okay i didn't realize that but anyways <laughs> she, <laughs> they, they, they were because there, there were uh, the children between her and vision and apparently they were just i mean because vision's an android so he so, doesn't impregnate humans <laughs> but so it, they were fake but anyway she warps reality to where um Basically, Genosha is the world's seat of power, and Magneto and his family, the House of M, Magneto, are yeah. are in charge of the world. And uh, about that, the, that would be an interesting lead up. Then one I'm, of the I'm, only I'm with you. one of the only persons that actually remembers um, the the old world is Wolverine, and so he goes around uh, trying to. Get everyone to uh, what is that noise, dude? Are you talking about me? Yeah, my earbud fell out of my oh. ear. I was trying to put it back in. I'm starting to talk like William Shatner because of oh. the noise oh. was distracting okay, me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, but anyways, Magneto's in charge. The House of M is in charge, and Wolverine has to. You know, tell everyone it's like no, no. This isn't the the real world. This all seems very Magneto based, and you did not cast a Magneto. Oh, I was casting the X Men. Oh, okay, okay. Magneto's not an X Man. I, I know, but like he obviously has a very integral role to what you'd want to see happen on the screen. I didn't cast Xavier either. Oh, <laughs> okay. But anyways, uh, basically, the people you can convince that um, they need to fix this reality change it back to the original one um they go to genosha and they 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 fix it basically and um but as they're the kind of the culmination is um she uh uh max wanda maximov basically uh changes everything back but slightly different they're right they go they go from um and that's where we pick up with the the messiah complex yeah. Uh, storyline um the messiah complex storyline is the climax is the climax of events set into motion in the house of m and defined the direction of the x-men franchise for the next several years the storylines well made, at, at the house it wasn't a house of m where she says no more mutants no more mutants. There, thereafter only a handful of mutants exist they go from being um what like uh hundreds of thousands to just being thousands yeah Right, like a very limited number. I I almost like that reset button. Yeah, the, the red kind of interesting. There. Uh, a lot of people end up getting their um, their powers back through one way or another, and this is actually uh, one of the you know a storyline that actually includes X twenty three. So maybe 
wait to bring her into this movie. Or you can bring her uh, in earlier. doesn't matter. Gotcha. All right, man. Uh, it definitely has uh, a lot of I'm, cable. I'm actually impressed you've put this much thought and effort into fixing the X-Men franchise. And I could go on for another half hour, 40 minutes. Describing, I mean, I could go on too, but I would actually probably choose older stories to adapt. Describing them. Because those are all actually pretty recent in the last 10 years. That was part of my plan. It was all part of the plan. All um, part of the master plan. Because the hardcore nerds are like our age. Uh, no, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay, all right. A lot of the hardcore X-Men nerds are our age, and this would get past, you know, it's like, I haven't read these story arcs in the comic book Uh, form. Oh. So I don't have too many ideas of Uh, what should. You you wouldn't be as upset if somebody fucked it up? Um, I I want them to be able to alter things slightly if they need to without nerds uh-huh. pitching a shit fit. Oh, I got what you're saying. They changed a detail saying. in that storyline. I am pissed. Ah, uh, troll. She's, troll culture, man. She wears a blue uniform, and they changed that one thing so the whole movie's ruined. <laughs> Stuff like right, that. Right, right. Anyway, all right. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up our uh, our tweaks and fixes of the X Men film franchise. So, thank you for coming along on our kinky tauntaun adventure, and only the kinky survive. <laughs> did you like that? I, I did. I did. <laughs> and I will. I will repurpose that uh, picture for for this time too. Fan freaking task. If you want to see the All picture, right. you have to you have to watch it on YouTube though. Oh, true. All right, it's Boo Cha Cha out. Uh, Jeff, not quite out. I would like to. We we need to inform people of where they can find our show. Oh, other, other places. Oh. So, well, if they're listening to our show, doesn't that mean they know? Yeah, but they might not know. Find it? Let's say they're listening to it on SoundCloud. Okay. You, obviously, you can find it on SoundCloud, but you can also find it on iTunes. Um, you just have Ooh. to search for uh, Culture Dig. Everything's under the Culture Dig banner. So Culture ser- Dig Network. So go on, search for Culture Dig. You'll be able to get all our podcasts right under that same feed on iTunes. And oh, yeah. um, you can also uh, we, you can find us on YouTube. Just YouTube. Uh, search for the Kinky Tauntaun. Uh, oh, and, yeah. And if you don't want to search... For our different shows on YouTube, uh, you can either go to uh, thekinkytauntaun.tumblr.com or you can go to culturedig.tumblr.com and that actually has all of our shows. The Culture Dig one has all of our shows. And, oh, and just yeah. our shows. The Kinky Tauntaun is where we throw in extra little fun videos and stuff. So that one's, that one's good to go just to yes, watch fun videos. Check it out. So now, I am out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh and, and go to oh. iTunes and give us a review. And go to YouTube and like the, you know, hit hit like, like the video. Come on, something. man. Oh, also SoundCloud, put a heart on it. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, Facebook. All right, we're talking about for real this time. Facebook. Culture Dig. You can find us on Facebook too. Like us there. <laughs> Join us. You're, you're still going. You're still going. Well, we 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 need to expose ourselves. Uh <laughs> I, that might end us end up in with us incarcerated. So, uh, uh, we, yeah, but we need the exposure. That's all I'm saying. There we go. All right, I'm out for I'm, real. I'm again. Out, I'm out for real. Later. Later.
Hello, cutie pie. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. You are mine now. You belong to me. And it was a very sensitive. Feel how soft my skin is. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Ew, seriously? That is so gross. Kind of grabbed you by the boo boo, don't it? More teens are having fuck, having luck. He has an erection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all her fault. Then you got an idea, a wonderful, awful idea. Seduction used to be an art. Now, of course, it's brutish and it's predatory. And here's what consent is. The person is severely intoxicated or unconscious as a result of alcohol or drugs. Is physically or developmentally disabled. The victim is under the age of 13 or is elderly. So as long as the girl's 13, she can give consent for sex, provided it's creative and enthusiastic. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No means yes if you know how to spot it. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. I am not gay. I never have been gay. He says he's not gay, but uh, let's see what a few drinks and a back massage will do to him, huh? What do you think? Me? You? The old lady? A little sandwich action? Okay. But I get to be on top. Ow! Let me guess. You dropped the soap. Please take that out of my ass. You're in more dire need of a blowjob than any white man in history. Gross, right in the fucking eyeball. Because it, it really does make you feel like you're inside this 11-year-old girl. In a profoundly wholesome way. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. I think you are filth. I think you are scum. You are a degenerate. I'm not a pervert. Hold um, on, hold on, just perhaps. a second. Brandy! <laughs> Fucking cat wants in with you. Yes, the cat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take him. Yes. Come on. You're here. <clears throat> you're here. Get in here. The cuss. Yeah, Brandy's in the bedroom. He's like, I want in, but Brandy's you know deaf, oh. so she can hear him right. meowing over and over and over again. All right, let us continue. You're still, you're still here? here. It's, it's over. over. 